Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for a special edition of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I am your host, Ken. I'm joining me in studio. As always, it's a co-host. It's Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. And to all of our listeners out there, hope you're doing well. Absolutely. With everything going on with the coronavirus, uh, or I'm just going to refer to it as C-19 because I know it's getting kind of confusing with the names you can call it. So yeah. just for the show's purposes, C-19 is what we're referring to. I hope everybody in the ODPH society and even to anybody who's not listening that might catch wind of this show on a regular basis. Um, hope you're doing well and just you know, stay healthy, wash your hands, you know, and just we'll get through this. Yeah, it's trying to put into words for an intro to the show actually has been kind of tough. Um, mm-hmm. With everything that has changed in the past seven days alone. Not even seven days, like six. Yeah, it's just been really crazy since our last sports show recording. Uh, Coach Duffy is at home right now uh, doing some family business, so shout out to Coach. Um, you know He'll be definitely chiming in one way or another on Twitter or via blog of uh, his takes on all the sports action going on. But for us, this has been a very interesting six days. It, it's been a wild six days. Last week, of course, we uh, recorded and put out the Entertainment Edition episode. You know, I went home, ate some dinner, uh, was in the middle of doing some dishes, you know, and I was watching a video on YouTube about something else entirely unrelated. And I got done, and I just happened to get done at a point when I got a notification across my phone from Bleacher Report saying that Woj, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN was reporting the NBA season was being suspended. And I'm like, and and now this is without me knowing anything that was going on because from the time we recorded and I went home and I had dinner, I hadn't really looked at social media. So I had no idea what was going on. So I'm like, wait, what the heck is going on that they're getting suspended? That's when I started to find out about, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder game and, and that whole mess and, <clears throat> excuse me, and just with, with Rudy Gobert and just that whole night was probably one of those surreal nights that I won't forget in a while just because of how crazy it just ended up turning into. Yeah, no, for me, I'm right with you. As soon as we got done doing the show, I jumped on Twitter like I usually do and saw Woj's tweet that the NBA season has been suspended and immediately went like, wait, what? Yeah. And started doing research and it just kind of spawned from the Oklahoma City Thunder Utah Jazz game. Yep where Rudy Gobert had tested positive for the coronavirus, or C-19, as like I said, we're going to call it on the show. And just seeing how the league immediately went into shutdown mode mm-hmm. and how other sporting events have done the same. The NHL has now yep. suspended their season indefinitely. Major League Baseball has postponed spring training and, and, and the, the start, start of the season. season. Uh, the National or NCAA Final Four March Madness Tournament is postponed all NBA uh, NCAA sports yeah like winter spring you know championships postseasons you know everything is done for the NCAA everything is on hold right now and rightfully so I, yeah I'm not questioning that at all no, and, and, God we're, no. and we're not using this for any kind of clickbait or anything like that just to see how the world has changed in mm-hmm. the course of 
just shy of a week now. And, and even then, it was like the course of 24 hours because remember, some of the stories that day were that NBA ownership or the board of governors or whoever it was had met and had a conference call that they were discussing and thinking about playing, continuing the season, but having it in empty arenas with no fans. And we'd heard the same about the NCAA tournament earlier that day. I know it was being discussed about with Major League Baseball with moving uh, games and possibly playing them in a empty uh, ballparks. You know, everybody was kind of looking at what they could do and possible options. And literally, at the snap of a fingers, a drop of a hat, it all flipped on its head. Yeah, it's just something really hard for me to take in. Yeah. Just how quickly everything's happening. And like I say, I apologize if I'm kind of coming in with a quieter open than usual, just because everything has really gone 180. Mm-hmm. And, and just with how big this virus has taken over and just how it, everybody is being very precaution. And we here at the ODPH are trying to just tell everybody, please, please, please be safe, be healthy, smart decisions, wash yeah. your hands, do what you need to. Yeah. But we can all get through this. We just got to be smart about this. Right. And with that whole situation on Wednesday night, I got to give one shout out. That's Scott Van Pelt on ESPN, who was anchoring from their uh, Bristol broadcasting headquarters. Because ESPN had national broadcasting games for the NBA that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who they were showing that night. It's a moot point right now. But they were cutting in in the middle of all this. And they, were, you know, he was talking to Woj and all these other folks. And just the class and professionalism... And just the way he handled that, you know, if 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 they ever you up if they update, you know, broadcast journalism classes in the, in the future, and like that, you get to a unit on how to handle live situations as they're happening. Show that tape mm. because that was just nothing short of a masterpiece and, and spectacularly handled. So to Scott Van Pelt, I tip my cap to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he handled it very very well with everything going on because it's so much of a situation of uncertainty. And- mm-hmm. And now, you know, the public is really having their fears escalated. Uh-huh. And it's just trying to wrap your head around, okay, what should we be doing in this situation and taking the proper precautions. So sports, which has been used as such a gateway to escape, yeah. this happens. Unfortunately, we don't have that right now. Right. Albeit, though, we do have some sports that we will be talking about. So. Uh-huh. We still will be doing the show here as much as we can. Uh, certain segments, though, moving forward until, you know, I guess. Show, shows might be a little shorter. Shows might be shorter. We might be kind of doing some segments just kind of talking about throwback moments of mm-hmm. sports, you know, for us. Different things. So we're still going to be trying to provide you some entertainment. And we do thank you for letting us try giving you a little escapism from what's going on in well, everyday I'll life. say this. We'll do that. And if any anybody out there has a topic or something they want our opinion on, you know, shoot us a message on Twitter, Facebook, shoot us an email. We'll, we'll discuss it. Absolutely. We definitely want to make sure that we here are trying to give you some value for what you're going, you know, to give a little break from everything that's going on. We want to try doing that. We would definitely want to interact with you, our listening audience. So please definitely hit us up on the social media accounts at OD Parlay Hour on Instagram and Twitter, Ochadoro Parlay Hour on Facebook. You can always choose an email at Ochadoro Parlay at Gmail and, you know, put in the subject what you want to talk about and, you know, the subject that we can try entertain you, giving, mm-hmm. giving our takes about because we definitely want to try doing that. Uh, obviously, with just everything going on, it's just been such a surreal thing. And yeah. like I say, trying to do a, a proper open, I know it's been a little bit challenged, but we are trying to do the best we can with what we got, and we just cannot stress enough for everybody. Be safe, yeah. be healthy, and if you can at all, and I know we talked about this on the uh, 3FNW, the wrestling show over on 3 Fat Nerds uh, Podcast Network, mm-hmm. this morning Rich and I were talking about support your local businesses, yeah. support your local artists. Yeah. Uh, support local restaurants we here at the 607 
have had a tremendous outpouring from local restaurants here that are providing lunches. Oh my God, yeah. For school uh, children that because schools are shut down. Yeah, they're going out of their way to provide. There's a whole list we've been sharing as much as we can on the ODPH Facebook page. Uh, shout out to them. Oh, so yeah, there's the, the it's a long list of because as soon as the you know the schools were shut down and it was going to be for you know a month or so. It, almost every restaurant in the area was posting on Facebook or whatever form of, you know, they could get the news out that they were going to do it. And I love seeing that. Yeah, me too. I mean, this is so, just to see an outpouring of the community get together and really try helping out and, and doing what they can to. Because obviously with everything going on and there's more curfews getting implemented and more you know shutdowns for New York State that's going on right now, it, it's tough out there, mm-hmm. especially if you're into local businesses local restaurants local arts and i mean i have to say plug away if you can support them in any way shape or form whether it's getting a gift certificate if you yeah. can, if, they, if they're not going to be open if they're doing only takeout make sure to try getting a meal if you can mm-hmm. whatever you can do to support and try helping everybody get through this is the absolute world and especially too for our local music scenes i know firsthand from bands that we've had on this show they're having shows getting canceled right and if you can go out and even hit up their Bandcamp page, download some music. If you can go buy some merch from the artist, you know, support mm-hmm. them through this. That means the absolute world. Yeah. And for all the links for the bands on the show, I know I stress it every week, but I'm even giving some more importance to it. com slash music. All the bands you hear on this show are definitely going through it. I've been seeing messages from all the groups that we've had on the show have been saying, hey, we've been shows canceled. You know, just a heads up, and you know, we're just tr- really trying to help give back to them mm-hmm. and give back to the communities too. Because for every restaurant and business that has been donating, thank you. Please keep it up. With this going on, we all need to come together and just get through this as one big team, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. So that being said, let's get a quick break out of the way. I know we're doing this super early, but we're going to come back, and there's actually been some sports news going on, so we're going to kind of deep dive into that. So join in the conversation on social media. We hope everybody is safe and healthy. Can't stress that enough. Going to repeat that a lot during the show. So let's go a quick breakout. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! So let's start this show off the proper way, shall we? You came here to hear about some sports, so let's talk about some sports. OchoDuraParleyHour.com is the place you need to go to find our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation with the hashtag ODPH. The biggest sports story going on that is not C19 is the NFL. Yeah, no, a couple of big things going on with that. Uh, the first thing it kind of kicked off was they uh, both sides, being the NFL and the, the Players Association, agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement for the next 10 years. Uh, don't really understand why the fuss and muss was about getting it done now because, okay, yeah, I know you want to get it done and avoid a situation like a couple of years ago where there was actually a quote-unquote stoppage, although 
not really. They didn't really. It, did, it, it was in the preseason. You know, you, some things got shortened, but the overall season wasn't affected. You know, so I know you want to avoid a situation like that, but you still had another year left on the old CBA. Uh, regardless, the new CBA has been agreed to. Uh, so that means uh, some relaxed uh, drug testing. Uh, so you got the uh, playoff changes where there's more teams being added. Don't agree with that one. No, I definitely don't agree. And with then that you one. got the 17th game added on, which, like we said, I said on last week's show, I really don't agree with it. By and large, everything is solved by week 16. Yeah, it was unnecessary to add more games to the season. Playoff positions doesn't really make sense. Uh, obviously, both sides didn't get everything they wanted, but at least there won't be a stoppage of yeah, work. Yeah, that's the big thing we can kind of look at and say, okay, this worked out in everybody's favor. Yeah, but. There's so much that's going to go on with this now that the season is finally in business. Now, obviously, the NFL doesn't have to worry about their season being paused for C-19. They can get down to business just doing deals, and this is one of the biggest deals they had to get rid of. But today, as we're recording, it has been announced where most free agents are going to sign. Pad, my condolences about this one because we said on last week's preview that when Tom Brady decides to sign somewhere, that was going to be the biggest domino effect for everybody. Well, I mean, we thought it'd be like the domino that got everything else started. No, it was like the like third three quarters of the way through the dominoes before he fell because other dominoes started falling before he did. Yeah, so let's break it down. We got some names <clears throat> and where they're at now. Yeah, so uh, just reading down a list from uh, NFESPN.com of some of their, uh, the free agency stuff going on. Uh, the Colts have reached an agreement with Phillip Rivers on a one-year $25 million deal, my Jeez. Yeah, one year, okay, not bad. You know, he's, a little, he's a, what, 36, 37 years yeah, old? Yeah, he's... I'm okay with that. $25 million, though? Oof. He's on that back end, man. I don't, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how I agree with that one. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not upset about the, uh, you know, the years I don't fuss with, like I said, you know, a little older, but 25, oof, that's a lot for one year. Uh, some other notables, uh, veteran tight end Jason Witten uh, intends to sign a one-year deal with, not the Dallas Cowboys, but the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, according to ESPN's Todd Archer, Whit- uh, Witten can make up to $4.75 million uh, in 2020. So that's very interesting and a very big ad for the uh, Oakland Raiders. Yes, that's a, a big deal for them because they needed to add somebody to go out there to Vegas with them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Gruden is still putting together with his team what he's going to want to yep. do out there. Yep. So, and I don't really struggle with that at this stage. I mean, Witten obviously is just, he'll be a good uh, transitional tight end for somebody. Mm-hmm. So, don't really struggle too much with that one. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are parting away with safety Malcolm Jenkins, been with the team for a number of years, and that's, also yeah, probably, Pro Bowl safety. So, that's, that's huge. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are. Uh, and running back Jordan Howard uh, are agree, have agreed to terms on a two-year deal uh, worth north of $10 million, according to Adam Schefter. So Miami getting some help in the backfield that they sorely need, although, to be fair, they sorely need help everywhere. They need a lot of help with everything. Yeah, they got a lot They got a lot of help and only so much cash and only so many draft picks. So we'll see what they can do. You, you know, you might have to make uh, some magic work, but we'll see what they can do. Uh, also scrolling down the list, uh, the Carolina Panthers are close to terms on a three-year deal with quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, according to uh, Chris Mortensen, uh, the uh, the uh, contract is in the supposedly three years and in the sixty million dollar range. So we knew he was going to end up somewhere. It was just a question of where and then how much. Because 
the situation he stepped into last year, having to take over for, for future Hall of Famer Drew Brees, you know, Super Bowl winning Drew Brees was not a good one. You know, nobody ever wants that to happen, but he handled it beautifully. So we knew he was going to get paid. It was just a matter of where. Yeah, he definitely entered his stock there. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was actually kind of surprised he wound up there. I figured he was going to go to Chicago. Yeah, Chicago you would have made sense. And, of course, with Teddy Bridgewater poised to end up in Carolina, uh, the news that was earlier in the day is the Carolina Panthers have given Cam Newton uh, once the face, you know, at one point, face of the franchise, you mm-hmm. know, long-term plans, uh, permission to seek a trade, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini. So, you know, definitely a seesaw, you know, off-season for him, going from, well, we don't really know what's going on, to, no, don't worry, you're going to stay with the team, to, ah, okay, you can go. And he has been very vocal on social media about that as yeah. well. So that divorce is going to be extremely messy mm-hmm. once it's all said and done. If we're talking trades, though, mm-hmm. there is one trade thus far that has definitely made a lot of eyebrows raise. Yeah. And a lot of people go, hmm. And it no, it's not Buffalo getting Stefan Diggs from Minnesota for four draft picks. I gotta appreciate your quarterback's tweet about that though. That was good. Yeah, no, I dig I, it. No, I think he's gonna be super excited to get a true number one in there. And it was not the number one I thought we were gonna get, but I am I'm he's still good. I'm still happy we we're gonna get Diggs and obviously he needed to get out of Minnesota. Yeah, he's used to playing in the cold weather, so fit right in with Buffalo and the and the change of he'll culture get they got spades. there. Spades. Yeah, he'll be. Yeah, holy be, cow! Him, Brown, Beasley. I've I've been to a Buffalo game in like mid to late December. It's very cold. Oh, it's very cold. But like I said, he's he's ready playing in Minnesota, so he'll be used to that. No, the biggest trade thus far, and I still cannot comprehend this. Oh yeah, DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. went where, Pad? To Arizona and the Cardinals. For who? Uh, David Johnson. Yeah. And a handful of, like, lower-tier draft picks. Yeah. The Stefan Diggs deal was a true deal for a player. I was going to say, the Minnesota Vikings made out like bandits in that trade. Yeah, they made out like absolute bandits. And it, you know, it almost makes you wonder what's going on with Houston shipping off DeAndre Hopkins for a low, you know, no no disrespect to David Johnson, you know. But he's no DeAndre Hopkins. You no. know, he's, he's not in the same class as DeAndre Hopkins. But shipping off, you know... DeAndre Hopkins for a running back that honestly is injury prone, not always reliable for a great wide receiver that let's face it in, in, in today's NFL where you need a, at least one good receiver. It doesn't even have to be a streak receiver like a Randy Moss or, or what have you, but you know, think and dump or even a, you know, a streak receiver. You need a good receiver to success succeed in this NFL to ship him off, it almost makes you wondering, you know, with a young quarterback down there in Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt hopefully coming back health, fully healthy this upcoming season, it makes you kind of scratch your head and go, what the heck is going on down there? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins getting removed from Houston is arguably the most puzzling move I, th- I have seen in recent memory. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you wonder if there's something else going on behind the scenes that just we aren't aware of. Yeah. Because you never heard anything about him being upset or angry or frustrated like you've seen in other instances over the years. So it almost makes you wonder, was there something else going on behind the scenes that they just had to get him out? The only thing I could think of is he really wanted a big money deal. That could be. Like way more than they were going to get. That could be. Because when you break it down and see what they got for deal-wise, it's really, it's just puzzling. Mm Because like I cannot for the life of me comprehend how this happened for for Bill O'Brien to make this move. Because they get David Johnson, Houston mm-hmm. does, who, let's face it, had one really good year. Yeah. 
And had, then had him on my fantasy team that year. Yeah. And then what else has he done? He's been injury prone. Yeah. Granted, he the thing that you can take some very good highlights to in this whole mess mm-hmm. is he did it with no offensive line. Right. In Arizona. But for Houston to get Johnson and a second round pick. Right. And a fourth round pick. Right. And Arizona only had a got DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick. Right. If that was all it took to get him out of Houston, like I'm sorry, that is just insulting. And this is the thing I just, I just don't get. I'm looking at Spotrack.com. Highly recommend them if you're ever curious about NFL uh, salary caps and stuff like that. As we sit here recording, uh, they have the Houston Texans listed as having uh, almost 48 million dollars in cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the flip side, so that, and that lists them going from highest amount of cap space to lowest cap space. Uh, that lists them as the number five team in the NFL. Uh, on the flip side, you have the Arizona Cardinals who are listed at. 23rd with 20.5 million dollars in cap space you know and some of the big contracts they've got on their uh roster they've got chandler jones uh for a 21.3 million dollar cap hit patrick peterson's got a 13.1 million dollar cap hit uh dj humphreys their left tackle has got a 12.8 million dollar cap hit and then you've got deandre hopkins who they just added who has got a 12.5 million dollar cap hit you know, and they're taking on the rest of his contract, which he is uh, sitting here with at least three years left on his current contract. Yeah, it's absolutely mind blowing about yeah. this. So I don't know what they're doing down in Houston. Hopkins wasn't the problem. DeAndre Hopkins has been arguably He's a your, baller. your most steady player, and yeah, he is a baller. If we could have got him in Buffalo, I would be probably ecstatic through the moon. Not that I'm not already amped up about Diggs. Right, right, but the thing of it is is if you're one of the 31 other teams or a fan of any one of the 31 other teams, excluding Houston because they wanted to get rid of him, if you get the notification off on your phone that, hey, your team, insert your team here, traded for DeAndre Hopkins, there's 31 other fan bases that are throwing their phones up in the air and screaming yes. Yeah. It's just it's absolutely mind blowing, and Houston's already failed this off season, in my opinion. Yeah, well, don't forget, if I'm not mistaken, Bill O'Brien is who is their head coach is also the one in charge. Is they're, they're essentially their GM. Yeah, so he needs to really try selling me on this because I don't understand how that. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like when uh, John Gruden traded Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, this has you sit to, there going what? Yeah, this is puzzling on on all fronts. Like for a rookie quarterback like Kyler Murray, you're going to have still Larry Fitzgerald out there. Yeah. Which helps. I'll tell you what, though. I realize this Larry Fitzgerald, a little older in age, doesn't have the step he once had in his in his youth. But still, having a tandem receiving core of Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins is very enticing. Oh, it's who huge. Do you, who do you double cover? Well, I, you, you know what? You would cover Hopkins. Yeah. You double him. Because Fitzgerald at this stage is a great slot receiver. He's not a true number one anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and he's a borderline number two. I mean, yeah. Father Time has caught up with him. Yeah, so that's he, true. He's, he's, he can still go and he can still play. Just it's not what it used to be. Right. But it's just kind of that's been the big move that really set the tempo for this offseason. Mm-hmm. It really threw it off until what happened this morning. But I, I definitely want to plug in. Some players have stayed with their teams. Amari Cooper signed a $100 million deal with Dallas. Again, so the pie gets smaller and it almost leaves you. And Dallas also franchise tagged, exclusive franchise tagged, I should specify, uh, Dak Prescott. So you've got $100 million they just you know gave to Amari Cooper. And, and give me a second to dig up. Oh, here they are. That was easy. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are currently listed as 19th in the NFL in terms of uh, cap space with $27.6 million in cap space. Still wild. Mm-hmm. So Lord knows how they're going to make that work. I have no idea how they're going to make that work. Cause it's going to take a. It's going to take an accountant, probably. It's going to have to take something because for <clears throat> Dak, he's going to be very unhappy this year. So who knows how that's going to fly? Yeah. 
I don't know, but he's the one that we were kind of waiting to see what was going to get dealt with. And now with Cooper getting paid, yep, you know, surprising. Yeah, and Drew Brees two two year fifty million dollar deal to stay with the Saints. Yeah, well, I, at this point, you know that's going to be his last contract, so he's yeah. going to write out. So I would not doubt them in this year's draft mm-hmm. getting a quarterback and setting up for the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they're eyeing, and I'm I'm not sure this year. I mean, this there's going to be a lot of great quarterbacks coming out of the draft, right? But to see who's going to be the successor there is anybody's guess. But that wasn't the biggest news of the day. Uh, via Instagram, Pat, I am very sorry. It's about Randall Cobb, isn't it? Yes, I, I know. Who did you, go to Houston? We should know. Yes, which good luck there, my friend. Uh, that talk about a downgrade. Yes, but speaking of downgrades, I, I I don't know how to really get this through my head other than Tom Brady is going to be the highest played player in the league next season to leave New England. Because he did announce via social media that he is not returning to the New England Patriots. Uh-huh. Pat, I'm not throwing salt in the wound. I just want your honest reaction. I mean, I was shocked to say the least. You know, I had to keep my phone away from me for a while. Otherwise, I would have posted some very uh, not safe for work comments. Um, no, I'm, I'm genuinely shocked. And, and I know there were reports over the last couple of years about how divisive things were and how, you know, things had broken off between Kraft and Brady and Belichick and Brady. And I always kind of shrugged them off just because, you you know, you read those reports, but then you see in, in the huddles with, with Belichick on the sidelines and you see them talking and, and smiling and as much as Belichick does. And then you see, you know, Kraft patting him on the back and, and being all chummy with him. And you're like, oh, no, see, they're good. You know, I kind of shrugged them off, but maybe there was something to it that, you know, that all the success, you know, one of, if not the most winning combinations, head coach and, and quarterback in NFL history. You know, six Super Bowls, all the all the records, all the accolades. That maybe the, there was that divide there. That it was just too big to bridge. That he had to move on, and I don't fault him for it. I, I, there's absolutely no bitterness on my part. I wish him absolutely the best. I, th- I thank him, you know, for the six Super Bowls and the greatest comeback in sports history. You know, but and I wish him well in his luck in Tampa Bay. But you know, I, I think him. Like I said, there's no bitterness. There's no upset. There's no you know. Just this morning, it was shocking a little bit of what the hell. Yeah, trying to put this in perspective from a Bills fan watching the dynasty fall, I am honestly feeling for Pats fans. I I truly am. I'm not saying this sarcastically. I am just trying to be as honest and upfront about this as possible. Never did I think the day would happen when Tom Brady would put on another team's jersey, and it is, as we're recording, heavily rumored Fox Sports Radio is reporting that he is going to Tampa Bay. I mean, it's in the class of, like, Jeter wearing another uniform. You just never would think it would happen. And obviously with Jeter, it didn't. But Brady, you know, Brady's kind of in that class of, like, him, Jeter, Kobe, you know, is one you can name of, of like, players that, like, you see them in that uniform, and that just looks right. You know, yeah. I, I would say I'd maybe throw Wade in a Miami jersey, you know, as another one. Yeah, he played in Chicago, but it didn't feel right. He played in Cleveland. It didn't feel right. But Brady, Kobe, and Jeter are all those guys that, like, them in their respective jerseys, you know, the Lakers, the Yankees, are like, that just looks right. Yeah, this one definitely looks wrong to me to see him going to Tampa Bay. Maybe this is, like, our modern equivalent of, like, when Joe, uh, Joe Montana left the Niners. Could be. I mean, it was weird seeing him play in the Chiefs yeah. jersey. I, I will admit that. But for him to leave and for everything he's done for that organization, too, because he has always taken contract-friendly deals. And reworked them. And reworked them, trying to get help. Mm-hmm. 
And this is why the Patriots dynasty worked because he was willing to sacrifice to get win after win after win Mm -hmm. with a team to, if you didn't have enough money to go get a player, he would sacrifice his contract because he knew he'd make it up in endorsements. Oh God. Yeah. This was the blueprint to win with him and Belichick and the Patriot way and do your job and you know, everything that comes with that culture up there. That dynasty was damn near impossible to beat. Mm -hmm. I hate saying this. I truly do, but I have I've had to live this for many many years now, and to see it end like this, it's it's bittersweet, I guess for me, but for Patriots fans, I can only imagine what you're going through. I mean, I, you knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. It's just one of those situations in life where you know something's coming. You know, you know the only thing I can kind of equate it to was graduating high school mm-hmm. where for you know for a lot of years I always envisioned graduating high school and being done with high school and not having to get up for you know grade school anymore and just finally when the day hit that it was my grad you know the day after graduation where you know you had graduation the pomp and circumstance and getting your diploma and turning the tassel and all that all that comes with that you know to wake up the next morning and just have that I'm done with grade school you know, I get, I've got college in a few months, but I'm done, you know, going to middle school, elementary school, high school. You know, it was one of those weird scenarios where I never, I, I always fantasized about it and, and thought about it. But it was one of those things that just I could never actually picture happening until it happened. This is kind of the same thing. You knew it was coming. You knew it was going to happen. Like we always say, father time is undefeated. Eventually, he was going to leave or be retired. Just you you didn't expect it to be now. Yeah. Never thought it happened like this. I figured he would just ride out one more year. He'd groom the successor, whoever that was going to be in this year's yeah. draft, Yeah, and go from there. But this is not happening. No. And you can blame Belichick if you want. You can yeah. you can just blame success. It just got to a point where it just it, it was time to go. And for Brady to get a big money deal, like I said, for me, this is the only reason he left, and it's the only one that makes sense to me. Is he's going to get paid fifty million a year for this? Let me Maybe take it, a look. It at could the... be it could be one year. Say so Tampa Bay, as we sit here recording, because nothing is official. They are sitting here with sixty six point oh nine seven million dollars in cap space. To get him to leave New England, he and to go there of all places, because I know everybody's kind of talking the 49ers as a dark horse, nah. the Chargers in L.A., which I thought he would wind up there. I truly do. With Phillip Rivers not being there, right? it's L.A. Well, and everyone was throwing out the Raiders, but the Raiders have uh, agreed to a deal with Marcus Mariota, so that rules that out. But now you've got Derek Carr, who's probably on his way out of uh, the Raiders. Uh, yes and no with that one. Uh, to touch upon quickly, Marcus Mariota has never been able to really sustain a, uh, sustain a healthy run. That's true. So you have somebody that's got a lot of potential, mm-hmm. but is this going to be like Ryan Tannehill 2.0 where he goes to a new place and becomes you know, a superstar, so to speak, with Tannehill? We didn't even talk about how he got paid. You're right. He got paid ridiculously. Yeah, no, I mean, the Brady thing hurts, but I think the one that hurt more because, like we said, Brady, you know, End was near, you know, you knew he was going to retire at some point. You know, you figured he'd do it with New England. The one that I think hurts New England more was uh, the linebacker, Jamie Collins, going to Detroit on a three-year, $30 million deal. He was very versatile, like I mentioned on last week's show. I said they should have re-signed him, you know, but very versatile, listed as a linebacker, uh, but he could play defensive end and, and lined up right against those tackles. And then the other one being Kyle Vanoy, uh, who went down to Miami and reunited with Brian Flores. Those two, to me, are bigger just because they're younger. 
and, and they would have been around longer. Yeah, no, those ones definitely hurt you. And, yeah, yeah. And then, but for Brady to leave, like I said, that's the face of the franchise. And in comparison, if Ryan Tannehill is going to pay twenty nine and a half million, Ryan, no disrespect to Ryan Tannehill, he's getting that contract just because Derrick Henry makes him look like gold. Yeah, which how Derrick Henry got franchised instead. Yeah. I'm not saying Tennessee might have dropped the ball there, but Tennessee, I'm, I'll say Tennessee dropped the ball. Yeah, you know, just I'm because now you've got the issue of they just gave that big deal to Ryan Tannehill, and they're now sitting with twenty point twenty eight point two million dollars in cap space. Yeah, so now it's a question of the rest right, of that's going to go to Derrick Henry. Yeah, which they should. I mean, Henry needs to get paid for all he's uh-huh. doing. Which I like. I say football is a weird business, but if Tannehill is getting paid twenty nine and a half million, I'm already saying Brady's going to be making north of forty. Easy. Probably easy. Probably, I'll say even fifty. I'll even shoot that high to get him to leave and go there. I mean, he's got weapons, which I think is the biggest yeah. stickler that this off season he didn't get anybody going to New England. He needed wide receiver help. We well, saw, well, they they tried, but you know, Antonio Brown self imploded. Right, no. Josh Gordon. You know, they traded away for his issues. They, I know they drafted Nikhil Henry in the draft, but you know, he was out until like week nine with an injury. So, right, but I'm saying if you see DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona, mm-hmm. you see Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Who else is out there that's a true number one to really? Yeah, help you. Yeah, I mean, sure, Antonio Brown. That situation. Yeah, it was a, it was an effort. I'm not saying it wasn't, but that was more on AB's side than. The Patriots for not making that work. Uh-huh. Josh Gordon, you never knew what you're getting out of him. Yeah. So who else was out there that's a big name? AJ Green was the one I thought would make the most sense. Granted, he got franchised, uh-huh. but could the Patriots have pulled that deal off too? It's hard to say. Right. I mean, I'm looking at the list of free agents here. Uh, obviously, Randall Cobb is probably top of the list, but you know he's uh, obviously signed with Houston. Emmanuel Sanders is one that's – but like all these names are like, okay, I recognize them, but it's not like, ooh, that's a great ad. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is on there, Demarius Thomas, uh, Nelson Aguilar, you know, Tavon Austin, Dwayne Harris, but like, these are all names that's like, okay, I know them, but like that's not a, you know, get you excited kind of signing. No, it definitely isn't. For Brady to come back and he's been screaming – Give me help, mm-hmm. and you haven't. And meanwhile, your rivals are getting better. Yeah, I I understand it. I mean, I don't know what the end game is for Belichick. I'm not doubting him, and not saying that they're not going to contend this year. Mm-hmm. But what is going to be the end game now? Because who's your starting quarterback with Brady gone? Right. And the pickings are very slim. I know I keep hearing Andy Dalton's name getting tagged to going to New England. Right. As a transition quarterback for somebody in the draft. Oh, anybody that comes in as a transition quarterback. Oh, yeah. At this stage, it has to be. You you can't say otherwise. Uh-huh. But for Brady to leave and how drastic that is and for him to go to Tampa Bay, I'm not saying they're going to be in the Super Bowl by any means. Yeah. But you definitely have upgraded over Jameis Winston. Oh, got 30, you know, the 30 and 30 club member, Jameis Winston. Yeah, no, that's an absolute upgrade. Yeah. So who knows where he's going to wind up? Yeah. Back up someplace. He should be. Back up someplace. Yeah. The only only thing I can see happening is maybe they make that trade for Cam. It it could be Cam wants out of Carolina. You add him in there. I would say on a one year deal with a team option for a second year just to see how it goes. Well, that's the one thing we haven't really seen with Belichick as a mobile quarterback. Yeah. I mean, granted, Cam is not the Cam of old. I'll say, he, I'll say Brady, Brady is not exactly a gazelle when he runs. Right. But to see where he might wind up yeah. is anybody's guess. We'll say if Marcus they if the Raiders choose to go with Marcus Mariota over Derek Carr, they might ship him out. So who knows? That could be an option, too. I mean, yeah. there's just so many different possibilities that can happen now. <clears> but with Brady falling, 
this is where the rest of the league has to figure out what they're making moves for. Give Eli a call. See what he wants to do. Well, I say the Chargers are out there. I don't see Eli going there. No, but that would be if that would be ironic of all ironies. If twenty twenty is a weird year, man. I could, you know, that being said, I could see it happening. Eli, after all these years, ends up back with the Chargers and apologizes to the fans. (laughs) That well, well, I mean, how enticing is that gig? And yet nobody's jumping on it. Yeah. That's one thing that's really well, puzzling to me. It's puzzling, but I also I you know I can understand why you know the Chargers are being kind of gun shy, you know, because I'm looking at the again spotrack.com, they're listed free agent quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers signed. Case Keenum uh, was with Cleveland. Wal- signed with Cleveland. Chase Daniel they listed was with Chicago. A backup is now going to Detroit. Uh, you got Marcus Mariota who is going to the Raiders. You know you got Brady who's presumably, as we reports say, going to the um, Buccaneers. Buccaneers. You've got Teddy Bridgewater who's going to the Carolina Panthers, and then after that you've got Jameis Winston, Drew Stanton, Colt McCoy, Josh McCown, Trevor Simeon, Mike Glennon. Brett Hundley, Blaine Gabbert, and Matt Moore, just to name a few. Are any of those names, if you were the GM of the uh, L.A. Chargers, going, sign that guy? No. Uh-huh. And that's why I say you missed on some free agents, so I'm not sure what they're going to wind up doing because they don't have the number one pick. So other right. than Burrow, who else is prime ready to go week one? I'll tell you this, Chargers fans, I'm not wishing it on you. Be prepared to have an ugly ear. Oh, yeah. They're going to have an, an absolutely ugly year because mm-hmm. I think that they were banking that Brady was going to go there. And, I can't even tell you who their backup is. I'm going to look it up. Right. But with Brady going to Tampa Bay, as I said, Fox Sports has reported. Oh, God. Their backup is Tyrod Taylor. <sighs> have fun with that one out there. And their third-string quarterback, uh, this is according to ESPN.com, uh, their third-string quarterback is a gentleman by the name of Easton Stick, uh, who was drafted in the 29th, fifth-round pick in the 2019 draft from North Dakota State. Tyrod can show up in certain games, but for consistency reasons, he he doesn't put it together all the time. I'll tell you what, he better stay healthy because I'm looking at the stats for one Mr. Eaton Stick, and it's blank. It's blank. So Chargers are going to definitely have to do something out there, but the biggest domino is falling with Brady, Uh and there's so many stories going on with free agency. Like I say, the biggest moves going on this week had to be the Hopkins deal, which still is puzzling to me, Yeah, and Brady leaving New England, and what happens now with the legacy with with him? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's solidified Hall of Famer. Oh, God, yeah. He's in the GOAT conversation. Oh, God, yeah. So his legacy is set. Patriots' mm-hmm. legacy is now in the transition period. Yeah. So who do they go get? And that's a question of who is going to be ready to go game one, start for the Patriots, and lead them on a Super Bowl run, because now the question is going to be in comparison, who's going to get back to the playoffs first? Brady or Belichick and now the narrative flips and this is where it's going to get really weird for the offseason to see who is going to be adding more parts to help them get over the hump I tell you what's good good though and bad uh, about Brady but if he goes to Tampa Bay good part is we get to see Brady versus Breeze twice a year yeah bad part and this is for you Atlanta fans you get to see Brady twice a year yeah you get to really so get ready for the 28 to 3 memes to get ramped up there Oh, you know what would have been even better? Hmm. If he signed with Tampa Bay on the 28th of three day. Oh, my March God. March 28th, if he could have held oh out that long. Oh, my God, that would have been amazing. Nothing against you fans that are listening in Atlanta, but I'm just saying if he did that, the internet would have I've had to watch day. David Tyree videos for the better part of you know a decade plus. They can live with us. So final thoughts on Brady going and the NFL free agency period thus far, Pat. Like I said, thank you, Tom, for giving everything you've given to New England and the six Super Bowls and all the success and all the winning. 
best of luck in your future endeavors. Free agency, definitely wild. I mean, we didn't even mention Jimmy Graham going to the Chicago Bears on a two-year deal. Yeah. Very surprised by that. I wouldn't have given him anything more than one. But, uh, no, it's very interesting to see where some of the other names go because they've not all been decided yet. No, they haven't, but the big names that we had marked on our tape have gone for the most part. I think the only one is Jadavian Clowney, who was rumored to be with the Giants, but yep. I have not seen that happen. Yeah. I, from all importance I've read is that deal is not going through as we were recording. It could uh-huh. still happen, but uh, that is cooled off as of right now. But for the rest of the league, I thought Arizona pulled off the steal of all steals. Oh, yeah. That was highway robbery. For DeAndre Hopkins to get out of Houston, you break up one of the biggest tandems of quarterbacks to wide receivers in the league. And for what? Nothing. Mm -hmm. And you have a running back that, if he can stay healthy, might help you out. But that's a might at this point. He needs to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to this past year. Can the change of scenery do the job? Who knows? For Dallas... You caused more headaches, but you at least took care of your big prize wide receiver. So the only thing now is you better appease Dak and appease him quickly because being franchised is going to tick him off more. So if he has a career year and you guys don't pay him up, I'm not saying he's going to jump ship when he can, but Mm -hmm. I think what he's doing is I think he's seeing how the other quarterbacks in the league are getting taken care of. And if Ryan Tannehill is getting paid $29.5 million, he's got to be looking at himself going, what has he done to what have I done from body work? And he's got a legit argument. And for Brady, good luck on your future endeavors in the NFC if that is where you end up. As a Bills fan, I hated playing you, and I hated seeing you twice a year. But I give you respect. What they did up in Foxborough is unprecedented. We won't see that happen for a very, very long time, in my opinion. If ever again. If ever again. The dynasty is over. <clears throat> And if the Bills do not win the AFC East this year, uh, I do not want to be thinking what I'm going to be saying week 17 of the NFL. It's going to be very not safe for work. It will be like how I thought Pad was going to come in here. I was texting Ron from 3FN. I said, Pad is going to come in here. We might have to get the Duffy sounder of the thoughts, views, and opinions uh, ready for you. But he's, he's calmed down since this morning. I might not be that calm if the Bills don't run away with the AFC East this year because now is the time to do it unless Belichick has one more trick up his sleeve and the Patriots find a true successor to uh, Tom Brady up in Foxborough. But there's so many storylines going to be going on. This is the one good thing about this week is we have this to discuss. So let's have that conversation, shall we, ODPH Society? What is your thoughts about the NFL free agency period thus far? And what's your thoughts about Tom Brady taking off from Foxborough? Let's have that conversation, folks. Hashtag ODPH. We're going to get a quick break in. We'll be right back. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Hi, this is Jimmy Gazdick from Crimson Brethren and Floodlands, and you're listening to ODPH. 
Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and there was some UFC action this weekend. One of the few things taking place this weekend. Yes, it was one of the few taking place in an empty arena because everybody was uh, cleared out for C-19 uh, precautionary mm-hmm. reasons. Which down in Brazil. Fully understand. So down in Brazil. So we did have a fight night in the empty arena down in Brazil, but still a lot of great action going on down there too, mm-hmm. which we'll have to say in a quick recap, Nikita Krylov defeated... Our personal favorite, Johnny Walker. Overrated. Yeah. You, your personal favorite. I never really said much about oh, that. Oh, stop. We all had him as our personal favorite here at the show. Uh, obviously defeated by unanimous decision. So, Pad, do you want to just say you say it again? Overrated. Yeah, he has been on a two-fight losing streak now, and the hype train has definitely been derailed. Mm-hmm. So uh, now in 22 career professional record or professional fights has a record of 17 and five yeah so obviously he is not going to be facing mr john jones anytime soon nope so we can kind of cross him off unless he can start putting some wins together uh really kind of surprising that he's kind of had this real downward slide Mm -hmm. well i mean i'm looking at his professional record and he was on dana white's contender series uh brazil 2 uh, back in 2018, where he had a unanimous decision win. After that, he fought on a UFC fight night back in t- November of 2018, uh, where he knocked out Khalil Roundtree Jr. Uh, after that was kind of his first of two highlight reel uh, wins. Uh, for, I should mention for the Khalil Roundtree fight, he did get performance of the night bonus. Uh, then in 29 February 2019, on a UFC fight night, uh, he had a spinning back fist uh, where he knocked out Justin Liddell, Lede, uh, where in first 15 seconds into the fight. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, I think that might have been where we first caught wind of him. Mm-hmm. And then after that was uh, against Misha Serkinov, uh, where he knocked him out with a flying knee in UFC 235 in uh, March of last year. And then after that, lost to Corey Anderson, where he got knocked out uh, via punches. And then, like you mentioned, uh, lost by unanimous decision uh, this past week. Yeah, so we'll have to see what happens with him in his future. Because mm-hmm. right now... Not height, looking good. No, it's not looking good, but who knows what to say is going to happen next time around for him. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the co-main event now. Pat. Yeah, uh, that was a welterweight matchup between Gilbert Burns taking on Damian Maya, And Gilbert won uh, via TKO in the uh, first round. So thoughts on this? Uh, surprise, Damian Maya won. I will admit, I really had... No, Burns won. No, well, oh, sorry. Uh, the surprise, Damian Maya lost. I should say. Okay. Uh, you know, hadn't really ever heard of Gilbert Burns. You know, wasn't really sure who he was. Hadn't really seen the tape, as they say on the guy. But very surprised, uh, Damian Maya lost. Well, this one you have to think of two things. Burns is an up and coming guy. We haven't heard too much about him. So unless you've been really following the sport and following him. You haven't really seen too much. I mean, he's always been a scrapper, so I figured this was going to be a real test to see where he ranks. Wow, he's been around a while. Yes. He's not exactly new to the sport. No, i say his first UFC fight was way back in uh, July of 2014. Uh, his first fight, UFC fight, uh, was a UFC on Fox card uh, back in 2014. Wow, okay. Yeah, no, he's... He, flown, flown under the radar. Yeah, he's not really the flashiest guy. He doesn't really cut promos. So in this day and age of MMA... yeah. You really need the to highlight kind of, reels. You, you need to make yourself stand out. This got so much attention, though, to see how he went and just buzzsawed right through Damian Maya, which I, I hate saying this, but this is where Father Time has caught up with Maya. Mm-hmm. And Maya is, I don't want to say a one trick pony, but he is the best one trick pony in all of MMA. Ooh, Maya, 42 years old. Yes. Will be turned 43 in November. Maya does not strike. 
Maya's goal is to get you to the ground or get a submission standing. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's not a striker. He's not going to give you any knockouts. I mean, he might, he might have won a couple fights via knockout, but you know that you Maya wants to get this fight on the ground or in a clinching position. Uh, for 38 career professional matches, he is 28 and 10. Uh, he has three wins by knockout. Yeah. So you know what you're getting out of him. And at this stage, though, like Pat touched on, he's going to be 43. I think he has one more contracted fight with the UFC, and then he has said he's oh, retired. Yeah, there's no way he's going to knock somebody out. Uh, his last knockout win, and, I, and I'm going to read this, uh, was against uh, Dong Hyung Kim back in UFC 148 in July of 2012. Uh, it says TKO, and then in parentheses, muscle spasm. Yes, uh, because that fight was stopped, uh, which that happens if you get injured in a fight. They just okay. they regulate that. But no, because I remember they were trying to hype him up when he substituted for uh, somebody was hurt and he got a title shot with Anderson Silva. Okay, I should. Ask, I feel like I should asterisk this knockout thing because I'm I'm looking through his record. Uh, before that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, his last knockout victory was at GFC Evolution in May of 2007. Do you remember where you were then uh, against a gentleman by the name of Ryan Stout? However, that was due to shoulder injury. Uh, and then his uh, third knockout victory was uh, his very first professional fight on September 21st of 2001, where uh, it was a TKO punches. Yeah, I think the one he got he got on stun gun was he got uh, Kim got hurt, mm-hmm. and um, then Maya was still striking, so they did rule it uh, as a knockout. Okay, if memory serves me right, it's been a long time since I've even heard stun gun's name get mentioned. Wow, when was that fight? Uh, that was July uh, of 2012. Wow. Man, I've been watching a lot of MMA. God, I forgot about Don Young Kim. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, that is a name that was really big and then kind of faded out. I, I don't want to say like Johnny Walker style, but sure. it was somewhere in the vicinity. But I remember after that fight, that's when he got put in there against Anderson Silva because it was a short notice fight. Somebody got hurt. And after that, that was the one infamously Anderson Silva was mocking him. Oh. After, like, he was picking him apart. I'm looking at, I'm looking at that card we mentioned where Maya beat Dong Hong Kim. Uh, co-main event was Forrest Griffin versus Tito Ortiz. Yep. Where Forrest won by unanimous decision. And then Anderson Silva knocked out uh, Chael Sonnen. Yep. That was... Yep. That's, a, that's a good card. Yeah, it was a, cra- it was a crazy night, that one. Ooh. Talk about a name. Uh, on the preliminary card on FX... Some dude named Habib Nur- Nurmagomedov? Yep. Wow. You want to talk about the history of the MMA, Pat? Look at that. that that's a good trip to go down to say. Because that's like we said, that's the last time you really heard anything from Mayo in a knockout. Mm-hmm. And if remember, there's, yeah, Stun Gun got hurt doing some, something happened in Mayo won via strikes. Right. So I remember they threw him right in that fight at the end with uh, Silva on short notice. A little history lesson to tell you about the importance of how Maya is not a striker here on the ODPH. But Burns went right through him in this one, and obviously Maya's got one more locked up. I have no idea who's next for him. I know Gilbert Burns's name was thrown in as a possible replacement for Leon Edwards uh-huh. because of what's going on with the C-19 Fights are getting canceled. Um, I know the UFC London card, was which was supposed to be this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah that fight was supposed to be this weekend at the O2 Arena. Um, first, it was you know we're gonna we're working. Dana was going on Sports Center and saying they're working with the, the proper authorities over there to make sure everything is is on the up and up and you know everything's followed. But then it got canceled and they were talking about moving it over stateside. And then you know some something happened with Woodley and Edwards where that fight wasn't going to take be able to take place. 
and it's just a mess. So that's gotten delayed. Yeah, so that one's been delayed, but I know the Burns was going to step in and fight Woodley because uh, the travel ban was going to be in place. So mm-hmm. it, there was a lot of stuff going on with the UFC London card. So that whole card has been canceled, like Pat has talked about. UFC on ESPN number 8 with Francis Ngannou in the headlining card, that has been canceled. Well, because that was originally supposed to be in Columbus, Ohio. But then because of everything that's going on, they were going to move it to the uh, UFC Apex facility, which if, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's essentially WWE's performance center. Right, out in Vegas. Out, out in Vegas. But then the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, <clears throat> excuse me, decided to uh, provisionally ban events until March 25th. So all, all contact sports in the state of Nevada are on hold until uh, the end of March. So there went that idea. Right, and it's also for the Apex was going to be the uh, Alistair Overeem Walt Harris card mm-hmm. that was slated for April 11th. That has been canceled as well. So yep. we're going to have to kind of wait and see when those fights are going to get rescheduled. But Burns had, after that knockout, had politic to fight Woodley mm-hmm. because there was going to be the, the band there. And one fighter that came out of nowhere trying to, quote-unquote, save the day, it was one Colby Covington. Say he came out of nowhere, and I know Woodley was mentioning him. Woodley said, sign the paper already. You've ducked me four times. <laughs> so that fight obviously is not happening. So no. obviously with the fallout of where fights are going to be rescheduled after the C-19 ban has been lifted, we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. But Burns has definitely gotten himself into some contention after his knockout of Damian Maia. Mm-hmm. And in the main event of UFC Brazil was a lightweight competition. Well, a catchweight uh, competition. Oh, it was catchweight, actually. Uh-huh. So you want to break it down for us? Pat? Yeah, that was uh, that was a catchweight fight uh, at 158.5 pounds because I f- I'll look at it here in a minute, but somebody missed weight uh, between Charles Oliveira and Kevin Lee uh, with Charles Oliveira defeating Kevin Lee via a guillotine choke submission. Now, this fight was very interesting to see. Lee has fluctuated between 155 and 170. Oh, there we go. Uh, Lee is the one who missed weight by two and a half pounds. That's what I kind of figured because I know he was fluctuating. He goes up there a lot. Uh, Oliveira has fought 145 and 155, respectively. Uh, He's done very well for both. He is a submission magician, if I may use that phrase. Sure. And he has definitely been putting together an impressive run at lightweight since returning to that weight class. Because he started out as a lightweight, dropped down to featherweight, had some success there, um, and then obviously came back up at lightweight when it kind of stopped his featherweight run for the title. Kevin Lee uh, is a very powerful striker into wrestling as well. So this was a nice clash of styles. And this fight was going back and forth, but Oliveira has this newfound confidence about him Uh since he's been on his win streak. That he stayed in the pocket. They were exchanging. This was a real fight. This wasn't any, you know, dancing around. What are we going to do? I'm just going to stand in the center of the cage and, and hold my fist ups. Right. You know, which we, we've unfortunately had to see. Uh, and obviously in the last fight with Romero and Adesanya, this one definitely wasn't that way. It was very back and forth. Oliveira was on his back for a lot of the fight. Uh-huh. And Lee just could not finish. But once we got to the third round, Lee did make a very, I don't want to say fatal mistake because it wasn't, but it was fatal for the fight, mm-hmm. is when he tried taking him down, he did not protect his neck. And leaving a limb like that open for Oliveira, who is a Brazilian black belt jiu-jitsu you know, master, he just definitely got him right in the guillotine and made him tap. And the one thing about this fight that's been kind of drawing some attention, and I... I guess I'm not as fired up about it as I know I saw a lot of Twitter reaction was. Sure. Oliveira made Lee tap, and you saw the tap very clearly. It was right on the side, and right. you hear 
And then as soon as he let the hold go, Lee kept going at him. Ah. And he was like, I didn't tap, which was clear as day. And when he was called out by everybody down there for it, uh, it wasn't a situation like Paul Daly uh, hitting Josh Koscik after the fight. So he has not been kicked out of the UFC. I know that uh, there was a lot of UFC fighters that were on social media. I want to say Hori Masvidal mm-hmm. uh, was up there and saying he should have got cut for it. Uh, it's debatable. I, I did not really see that much to it because it's not like Oliveira was hurt after it. But either way, Oliveira got the win. Lee has said he's taken an extended period of time off to reevaluate because after trying to make a run at 170, didn't really pan out. Now he's back down at 155. He's definitely was taken out, and Oliveira has earned himself into a high-profile fight. So, Pat, I'm just going to throw you this scenario because during okay. his, during his post-fight speech, Oliveira said he wants the winner of Habib and Tony Ferguson. Okay. Now, Oliveira, 29 and eight. He has been on a very impressive win streak in the UFC. I know you have the stats in front of you. If you want to look at them, it's your option. If you do. That being said, do you think that Oliveira should be leapfrogging a Justin Gaethje, a Conor McGregor, or where do you think he should go next? Um, I, I definitely think you can you can talk me into it, but I mean, just leapfrogging some of those folks, no. I mean, yeah, you've had some, you've been on a good run recently. You know, uh, you defeated Clay Guida back at UFC 225 in June of 2018, and since then you've won one, uh, you've won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fights in a row now. You know, definitely, a, you know, notable and something to, you know, a little feather in your cap, but in terms of jumping at Conor McGregor or Justin Gaethje or some of those other folks, nah. I mean, if you get one more fight and it's another highlight, and it's a highlight reel, you know, talking about it for the next decade knockout, sure. But right now, eh, no. No, looking at the UFC rankings, obviously Habib is a champion. Ferguson's one. Dustin Poirier's two. Connor is three. Gaethje's four. Dan Hooker is at five. Interesting. Cerrone is at six. Paul Felder is at seven. And Oliveira jumped from 12 to eight after his win over Kevin Lee. So if I'm matchmaking on this, Mm -hmm. I know that Hooker just fought Felder. I would say either one of those gentlemen would be a great fight for him. In fact, I'd even book Hooker versus Oliveira. Okay. That's the one I would do. I don't think Oliveira is ready for a title shot just yet. He's on a he's on a great win streak, and unless the injury bug strikes, I don't think he should be leapfrogging anybody. In my opinion, and I've said this many times on this podcast, Justin Gaethje should have the title shot against the winner of Ferguson versus Habib. Mm-hmm. We're not even having this discussion otherwise. Oh, God, yeah. Poirier should be fighting McGregor if you really want to book him down there. But if not, Poirier versus Hooker makes a lot of sense. For Oliveira to get this bump up, I could see a fight against Hooker. I could see him against Gaethje if you really want to try pushing it. Just there's now a little bit of a logjam at that division. But I don't think he should be leapfrogging anybody. Uh He does have an impressive win streak that I'm not saying he shouldn't get a top five contender because I fully do. I fully think he should. But the right one has to make sense. And for me, that's Dan Hooker. Gaethje could, but like I said, Gaethje has done everything in his power to get a title shot. I just don't know why they're still waiting to pull the trigger on that one. Conor McGregor, I think, should fight Nate Diaz either at 155 or 170. Right. Either way, that's the fight that should happen, so I'm taking him completely off the board here. Poirier makes a lot of sense, but I don't know if you really want to leapfrog it that high. And it also depends on what he wants to do. So for me, that's the fight they should make because – as far as we have heard, 
that UFC 249, Habib versus Ferguson, is going to happen. Now, obviously, everything going on with C-19, we don't know what's going to be the final location for it. Right, because the fight is supposed to take place on April 18th from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and for those who don't know, uh, on March 12th, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo or- issued an order restricting mass gatherings and sporting events uh, because of the pandemic that's going on. Uh, and then on March 16th, uh, Dana White announced uh, via a letter to employees, and, then sh- and that was also shared to the public, that the event is, quote, still scheduled as planned, but the location may change close quote right so if you go to ufc.com actually when you type in for events the ferguson habib card is the first thing that pops up that matchup is just cursed it is i mean you have you've had sicknesses you've had injuries you've now got you know this this pandemic going on it's it's just a fight destined to not happen and at this stage too i mean this is where I mean, you have to, if both fighters are healthy to fight, you have to make this fight happen. I just don't know where you're going to do this at right now. I mean, you could do it at the Apex, sure. Right, if, but, if, right, but, you, got, right, but you have to do it after the, the ban is lifted. Right, that's the thing. You have to wait till the ban is lifted. I mean, this is the fight, and I understand about, you know, I'm always a stickler about, well, you shouldn't log jam a division up. No, this fight needs to happen. This put is, it put it on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Whatever you need to do to make this happen, and this fight needs to happen. And I and I know Dana is is vowing to make this happen on the on the 18th when this fight is scheduled to take place. Uh-huh. I know that he has been very adamant about this. I don't blame him. No, because as much as we've wanted to see this fight, you know Dana's wanted to see it as much, if not more. Well, this is the argument about the two top lightweights in the world mm-hmm. are finally going to meet. And this fight has been booked numerous times. And like we've, we've touched upon, this fight is cursed for one reason or another. Even so, when the fight was originally going to happen in Brooklyn, Ferguson got hurt, I believe, at a media event where he, I think he tripped on a cord. He or tripped something. on a cord. Yeah. So that being said, this fight has been long overdue. And this fight needs to happen for not only the sport, but for the fans as well. Because if you swap out any one of these fighters for whatever reason, it's another letdown for the fans. And this is always one that these guys are fighting in their prime. I don't want this to be a Mayweather-Pacquiao thing where we're fighting six, seven years after when this fight should have happened. The window is closing for the prime years, and you're not going to see them at a better condition than they are right now. So for Dana to make this happen, even if we have to delay this a few months, with everything going on, mm-hmm. delay it. Yeah. Do what you need to, but this fight needs to happen overall. So that being said, there's a lot of scenarios going on right now, and obviously when there's more news announced with you know effects from uh, C-19 clarifications, you know when fights can get rescheduled, we'll definitely be talking about this on the show. But let us know your thoughts about this past weekend's UFC card and what do you think about the matchups that could happen right now with Charles Oliveira and with the state of the lightweight division is with Habib and Ferguson. That's the next fight slated to take place. So let's have some conversation about some MMA action, shall we? Hit us up on the ODPH social media accounts. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sunny Hepburn. And I'm Brandy Fleeks. And this is Book, Book of Lies, the podcast, where we discuss liars, cheats, and thieves, scammers, and dirty, rotten scoundrels. So tune in for new episodes every Tuesday to hear about another low-down, dirty liar. And learn how to spot them. So that's Book of Lies podcast 
Find us on your favorite podcast player or on Twitter at Book of Lies Pod, on Instagram at Book of Lies Podcast, and on Facebook at Book of Lies Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, send us one at Book of Lies Podcast at gmail.com. Okay? Bye bye! This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And, Pad, what you got for the local minute? Uh, local minute, obviously a little sparse as uh, the AHL has suspended their season in conjunction with the NHL. And minor league baseball is postponing their season in conjunction with major league baseball. However, there is some sp- local sports still going on. Uh, all, admittedly, it's not in real life. Uh, if you pay attention to the Binghamton Devils social media accounts, they will be playing out their games they're currently missing via the NHL. 20 video game on their Twitch channel, which you can find at twitch.tv slash Binghamton underscore devils. If you want an easier, uh, pay attention to their social media. I'm sure they'll post the link when they go live with any of their games. I know they played one the other day where they played uh, the Laval Rockets. Uh, so definitely something fun to check out if you're missing your local hockey and that isn't going on right now. So definitely check that out. And like I said, pay attention to their social media. I'm sure they'll post the link and when they're going to have their next game going on. That's a cool thing to do, obviously, with everything going on. It's still something to throw back to the fans. Mm-hmm. So all for that. BinghamtonDevils.com for more info on that. Uh, Binghamton Rumble Ponies, obviously, with the uh, delay of the start of the Major League Baseball season, they are delayed as well. Yep. BingRP.com for more information on them when they start rolling out. For the Binghamton Bulldogs, the ABA Elite Tournament for this year, 2020, is uh, postponed, obviously, with C-19 going on and the restrictions involved with that. But there is some news to announce, and this was posted on the Binghamton Bulldogs Facebook page to quote them. The 2021 ABA Elite Eight National Tournament and All-Star Championship Series has been granted to the Binghamton Bulldogs. The 2021 Championship Series will be played at Binghamton, New York in April of next year. The Bulldogs were set to host the 2020 Championships before the ABA season was abruptly ended by the coronavirus, end quote. That is from the Binghamton Bulldogs Facebook page. So congratulations to the Bulldogs for getting another uh, shot at hosting the ABA Elite Eight Tourney next year. For more information on everything that is the Binghamton Bulldogs, Go to their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Binghamton Bulldogs for all the latest information. And we have to also plug our favorite local fed of professional wrestling, and that is Excite Wrestling. Now, with everything going on about C19, their shows are postponed. Johnny Moose has a Facebook Live video posted on their page as well, but I want to kind of highlight something they're doing. And that is they have established an Excite Classics YouTube channel. So every Thursday night starting this week, they're going to be showing classic Excite wrestling matches. So, Pad, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. How many years have you been watching Excite now? Oh, God. I Five years? Okay. Now, give or take. All right. That's a, that's a fair statement. Hard state. to say. I, I can't remember the first one I went to. How many wrestlers... Have you seen come through Excite that have gone on to the WWE, AEW, just uh, NXT? Offhand, one, two. 
Uh, three, probably about a dozen or so. Okay, give or take. Uh, without no, without remembering everyone offhand that. Because a lot of instant, like I know when 2CW was operating down here, we saw Kenny Omega here before he was huge. Mm-hmm. So I'll, there's a lot of names that I'm sure came through that like I didn't know then that have debuted since was these other promotions like you mentioned and that I just don't remember. So I'll say probably a dozen or more. Yeah, there's been so many names that have come through. John Morrison, Cody Rhodes. Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Tommaso Ciampa. Johnny Gargano. Ricochet. A lot of the names you hear each week on AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor as well. Mm-hmm. Donovan Dijak was here, who you know is Dijkovic yeah. in NXT. Uh, there's been a lot of wrestlers that have come through here. So this is going to be a chance to see them wrestling at the local level. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what show they're going to kick off with or what matches they are, but there has been a lot of, we're going to call it lost footage Ooh, okay. over the years. Okay. That this is going to be the Lost Legion shows, which, oh, Pat, wow. unders- yeah, which Pat understands. If you go into Excite wow. for years, there was a lot of footage that has been taped that has oh, never yeah. seen the light of day. Yep. It's now going to be seen on the YouTube channel for Excite Classics. The link is up on facebook.com slash excite wrestling spelled x c i t e we're going to share this on our facebook page i might even make this the pin page uh post coming this thursday so if you're interested in seeing some great independent pro wrestling this is a place to go see it there's been a lot of wrestlers that have come through i'll tell you what i can't wait for them to post the match that was ar fox versus sean carr versus cody rhodes in a triple threat that was incredible that is getting posted. I, I Moose has not told me specific matches. I was actually asking for the Snowstorm card. Oh, yeah. Which There was almost nobody there. Exactly, because uh, this is going to kind of lead into my uh, rounding the base segment. Okay. That there's been times, obviously due to weather and everything that's going on with C-19, that there's going to be shows that, unfortunately, fans are going to either be low, be low attendance or nobody's going to be there. For, so it happened to excite two years in a row in the same month. Right. So that being said, there was a great snowstorm card in December 2014 mm-hmm. that had one AR Fox oh, and yeah. one yep. Matt Cross. Oh, that, yeah. Okay, which, so I got to amend my statement. I've been going for at least six years now. Yeah. Because I remember that card. Yeah. I think it was like the second one I think you went to. And, yeah. you, and I remember it was a bad snowstorm. Oh, it there was, was terrible. About, there had to be about maybe 30 people. It give, yeah, that's being generous. There. And it was one of the best cards they've ever done. Yeah, no, that, it was it was great. And this actually came into a conversation. Sami Zayn from the WWE tweeted out. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase because I'm looking at Twitter, but he's like, wrestlers and fans, have you ever remember a time when there has been next to nobody at a show or you've had to wrestle in front of an empty crowd? And I actually tweeted about that, and uh, Moose actually chimed in. He goes. Yeah, he goes, I remember that card. He's like, you might see that on Excite Classics, just right. putting that out there, All right. which I would love to see that match again because that was a, a classic. And the one you're talking about between Sean Carr, A.R. Fox, and Cody. That was the night the ring broke. Yeah. That was, that, was the, that was supposed to be the main event, but because the ring had been broken in an earlier match and they had kind of jerry-rigged it, MacGyvered it to put it together, Yeah, and they weren't entirely sure it was going to hold, they decided to put the main event on next so that at least everyone got to see what they came for. Yeah, so the fans definitely went home happy. So if you really want to see some classic pro wrestling that has just been you know a few years, you're going to see a lot of names you see each and every week on 
USA Network, WWE Network, TNT Network. Yeah. This is a place to see it. So yeah. definitely check the link out. And they start, like I said, this Thursday at 6.05 p.m. Did not say moose time, so we'll say Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> so we'll go with that. So definitely check that out. And like I said, this is kind of segueing into my uh, rounding the base segment. Okay. This past week, WWE has been airing their shows from their performance center. Mm-hmm. And it has been in front of an empty crowd. Yep. So they are still offering the product on for the fans to watch at home with everything going on with C19. They're at least trying to entertain you, and I applaud them and their efforts for doing so. I I agree with those statements, and I also want to applaud them for uh, all of SmackDown and all of Raw. They did not once mention the virus or anything about it. They alluded to it, Mm -hmm. and they kind of got close about it, but at no point did they say... I like I like, really like what Triple H said on Friday for SmackDown, leaning into it, where he introduced the Performance Center for those who might not know, and he basically capped it off by saying, "So why don't you sit back, relax, and let us do what we do best and entertain you?" Yes, and we cannot stress enough. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, because both those shows, like we said, it's very tough if you're used to wrestling in front of crowds and getting that crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. It's very tough to not have that there and still go out and perform at a high level and really make a match happen and, well, and it's like roman said when he did his interview during smackdown on friday with michael cole he goes we're in a business where we go for that fan reaction good bad or otherwise we go for that pop we go for that cheer we go for that the those boos he goes it's very odd to come out here have my music hit and have nothing being a reaction right so the fact they're still doing this and they're going to be doing this until further notice mm-hmm uh, I I truly want to applaud them. I know AEW is doing the same thing this week. Right. I don't know locations. I'm assuming it's in Jacksonville because they were supposed to be up in Rochester this week. Right. But obviously with everything. Could be going, in Jacksonville or because uh, Turner Sports, because TNT owned by Turner. There might be a Turner warehouse or a Turner like, uh, studio big enough that they, like, they can put a ring in and you know, obviously probably won't be the full entrance or entrance ramp that you're used to, but I'm sure they could, they could have got something they can work with. I'm sure they're going to do something as well. Like I know they're going to, the show is still going on. They have not said, otherwise they're still advertising for it. Mm-hmm. Just the only thing I have not been able to find is the exact location. Yeah. I don't think they've said, uh, I know. It was, I think at one point they said it was going to be from Jacksonville, but they did not say where, but the show is still going to go on okay. and it's still going to give us a little bit of relief and just yeah. some, sense of normalcy with everything going on. So yeah. I fully appro- applaud and approve of it. The shows have been entertaining. Uh, it's it's just kind of a different experience and just one that takes a little while getting used to. Yeah. And, but with everything going on, the fact they're they're going out there and risking, you know, traveling and, and yeah. such. just Their own health. Their own health to just perform. I mean, fully salute them and applaud them as, as well. And it was officially announced that WrestleMania uh, is now going to be moved to the Performance Center. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a lesser card than I think the original card-slated match was going to be at um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium. Right. Raymond James Stadium, I believe. Yep. So it's going to be still on April 5th on the WWE Network. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe pre-show is still 5 p.m. Eastern, and the show starts at 7. I'd say, you know, that's what we know. Stay stay, uh, tuned into their social medias for any changes. Right, but just the fact the show is is going on, they're still going to be out performing cannot say thank you enough right and i know there was news last night that the nxt takeover card had been postponed and that the hall of fame ceremonies have been postponed current rumors and word is that uh, the hall of fame ceremonies are going to be moved to SummerSlam. yeah and that's which makes sense that makes sense Uh, and and i know i was saying this to you while we were watching raw last night you know just how awful it would have been 
to cancel Hall of Fame weekend when you're having Jushin Thunder Liger going. Oh, among everyone else going in that class, because everyone else in that class, very deservedly so, but to have a, a, a wrestler of Jushin Thunder Liger's caliber go in, which I think that's a scenario that even six months ago you would have said, no, there's no way he's going in. There's no way that's going to happen. To have that happen and then, oh, hey, we're not going to be able to have a ceremony because of everything going on wouldn't have made sense. No, it definitely wouldn't have. So I applaud them for doing that if it's rumored for it be SummerSlam because hopefully by that time there will be more restrictions lifted with mm-hmm. with the crowd. Um, res- crowd sizes. Crowd sizes currently in place because of C-19. So, obviously, SummerSlam, we, we touched upon this on the latest The Wrestling Show from 3FN that you're going to be hearing coming out this week, that the SummerSlam show is going to be the biggest show of the year, probably. Uh-huh. And I'm not doubting that they're going to do a WrestleMania Rewind at a stadium or somewhere else down the road in front could, of the crowd. Could be. That you see something of that level happen. Yeah. So, it's going to be something to definitely check out and something to get your mind off everything going on April 5th on the WWE Network, so the biggest wrestling day of the year is still going on. It's just going to be a little different, but they're still performing for us, and we can't say thank you enough. Pat, what you got to take us home with? Well, a couple of things. Well, one main thing. Ken, uh, what's one thing you would, I'd say one thing you wouldn't want to have happen in life that would just absolutely anger the you-know-what out of you? Would be Pittsburgh Penguins winning a Stanley Cup, Washington Capitals winning a Stanley Cup, wouldn't you say? I've survived the Penguins winning. I've survived the Capitals winning. But you hate to see it. I hate to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to this? Uh, there will be a third fight between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G. Why? 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 So it's being reported by Dan Raphael of ESPN.com. Uh, the article reads, quote, Bitter rivals Canelo Alvarez and Kennedy Glovkin will meet for a third time, just not right away, sources have told ESPN. Uh, he's, basically, he says that uh, a deal was completed in which uh, Alvarez will face would face Billy Joe Saunders on May 2nd with the stipulation that his next fight would be a third showdown with Glovkin, uh, who would also have a interim first fight, according to sources. Okay. So let me throw this scenario out. Okay. All right. According to the bogus judging that happened. Egregious judging. The egregious judging. The first fight was considered by some people a draw. Mm -hmm. The second fight was considered a win by Canelo. Correct? Yep. Okay. So this third fight, let's say the judges finally get it right. And give it to Triple G. Uh-huh. We now have to have a fourth fight. Correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I'm just running out of you know, typical fighting math in my head, yeah. Okay. I am just saying this to clear this idea up. <clears throat> Triple G won both fights. He was robbed egregiously from his titles. Uh-huh. Egregiously. Triple G, if he wins this one, is going to have to do a fourth fight. And he's getting near the age of where father time starts kicking in. Because when these fights have happened, he's been in the prime. Uh But he is not getting any younger. No. And this is not the most ideal idea to to happen at this age. I, 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 I just struggle with the idea of doing it, and I don't know... How this is going to be, you know, like a great idea and how fight fans. I understand for the sport reason. Yeah, right. sure. But Triple G is going to be 37. Mm-hmm. Or is 37, rather, should I say. 
So, I mean, obviously in the years of boxing, that takes up a lot of time on you. That this is not exactly something that you're you're able to do forever. Right. Triple G is 37. Canelo is 29. He'll be 30 by the time this fight happens. Uh-huh. I... I, I just I struggle that it's is set up for Triple G to lose. Well, according, further down in the article, according to Dan Raphael, uh, Glovkin is the one who's been desperate for a third fight against Alvarez. Of course, like we mentioned, uh, records show he is o one and one against uh, Alvarez. Uh, you know, so in terms of pe- figuring out when this is, because nothing is, you know, there's no official date for this yet. Uh, it looks like Glovkin's uh, first next fight is penciled in for June sixth. Uh, at the forum in Inglewood, California, and it's a man- it's against mandatory challenger uh, Camille Serzameta, oh, and then you know that's after that fight got moved a couple times. So if you're looking at the you know the after the interim bouts that you know Al- both Alvarez and Glove can have their third fight at middleweight, according to a source, is eyed for mid September on the weekend of Mexican Independence Day. <sighs> man, I-, I I struggle with this one. Doesn't need to happen. Triple G won both fights. But if you're going to do this, Triple G is in a no-win situation. Right. If you win this, you're going to be 38 fighting for the fourth fight. How much can the chin handle? How much can the body handle? Mm -hmm. Especially with Canelo, who, I mean, granted, has a lot of tread on his tires for his fight career. But is still going to be a lot younger and a lot better shape. I mean, to be fair, Golovkin's going to be fighting regardless. He signed a three-year, six-fight, nine-figure deal with Dazen in early 2019. So we're on. So he's still got what two years left on that deal? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing. I just I want to make sure that they're both in their prime. Sure. When they're doing this, sure. Because, because is this, it, like I say, I use the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. That's the best a, example. As a benchmark, because it's true. Pacquiao was nowhere near the Pacquiao of old. That was the fight they'd been clamoring for, God, 10 years to see. And when it finally happened, it was, you know, well past the mark. Yeah. So, obviously, for this to happen, <clears throat> I, I'm you'll not, still be watching. Don't lie. Oh, I probably will because I'm a glutton for punishment. If, <laughs> if, if, if the Knicks have taught our listeners anything, I will sit there and I will suffer and I will watch and I will complain the entire time. But I'm still going to watch. I'll say that fight happens. Pay attention to the social media accounts because the Twitter is going to be real good to over. Yeah, somebody might have to take my phone that night. <laughs> I just I'm saying because if this goes south quick, and like let's say that uh, Canil does like a one round knockout, yeah, yeah. I'm going to lose it <laughs> badly. It's it's going to get ugly, folks. But it's one of the beauties of having Twitter. We can have that conversation. So that being said, I'm just going to kind of slow down the outro that I usually do because I really want to stress something while I'm taking this home. The music you heard on this week's episode is that of Fair City Fire. They are friends down in Austin, Texas. They have had a couple gigs canceled on them this week. Obviously, with everything going on with C19, it's it's a tough time if you're a local artist and you're trying to get out playing shows. Fully get that, fully understand that, and that's why I am stressing wherever you are at in the world that you're listening to us. First and foremost, thank you. Secondly, if you are in the opportunity that you can support local music, and local artists, try doing that if you can. Because you have the situation where you can go purchase some music from their Bandcamp accounts. You can go to their web pages if they have it. They sell merchandise. Go buy some. I've, I've done that for some bands this week. And I'm very proud to do that. But I'm, I'm in a situation where I can do that. If you're in that situation, I can't stress enough. Fair Sea Fire is a great band out of Texas. We're lucky enough to have them play music on our show for us. Shout out the Robots is another great local band. Floodlands, 
Walking Distance, Second Suitor, shout out to Tyler. We have a lot of great bands that we feature here on the ODPH each and every week, and we try supporting them by giving a shout out and plugging their music, and they're more than happy to let us borrow their music for no royalties and play amongst the whole entire Hashtag 67 podcast group. So if you can go out and support your local music scene, especially during this time, try doing it. It means the absolute world to them. It means the absolute world to us. You can find those links on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. You can head over to the ODPH directory where you can find everything going on with 8122 Productions. Shout out to Rich Ron and hashtag Big Natty Cool Diesel who is producing more content for the Patreon of Love is Scary Pad. Oh, my Lord. So I can't even get into it what they have coming up. I have been tipped off, but I can't even mention it on the air. So if you want to find out more about that, $1 gets you in the door, $3 gets you a comfy chair at the table. That is all on 8122productions.com. Find their Patreon. Support them. You can head over to the hashtag 607 podcast link. You can find out all the great local podcasts that are in this area that we are friends with that you can find out what we're all talking about in the 607. You can head over to the Friends of the ODPH link where you can check out Excite Wrestling. And we already told you, Johnny Moose has got a lot of stuff coming on too. And one thing too for the independent wrestlers and independent wrestling, we can't stress enough trying to support everybody during these times. They're a local business as well. Mm -hmm. Wherever you're living, if you have a local wrestling scene and you try supporting them, it means the absolute world to them. Yeah, especially with WrestleMania and all their issues going on. There's a lot of a lot of shows that were supposed to take place down in Tampa, WrestleMania weekend that are canceled. And then that means those wrestlers are now out of, out of paycheck. Exactly. So if you want to try supporting them, the biggest thing that I can recommend is go to Pro Wrestling Tees, T-E-E-S, and dot .com. Go pick up a shirt because it's all the independent wrestlers. They're not WWE, not AEW. They have contracts. These wrestlers do not. It means the absolute world to go support them. Go about picking up some merch. Go see if there's a DVD card from your favorite uh, indie fed. You can go to independentwrestling.tv. You can even use the promo code EXCITE, X-C-I-T-E. That helps them out. There's other wrestling federations that are on there. You can find out their promo codes. That helps them when you sign up and subscribe to that. That's another way of just trying to help out locally and showing some love back. So for Moose, I mean, obviously we're waiting to hear what the future is holding for Excite. We can tell you about the Excite Classics link, which I got put up on the page. I'll be doing that later tonight. Also, shout out to Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming. Uh, he's got a lot of things coming on. He's going to be actually with us for live stream for The Cure on May 31st from 1 to 2 p.m. on the Epic Film Guys Twitch channel. And the link for that great event is on the front page of the ODPH webpage as well. So it's a great thing that independent podcasters are teaming up to do a marathon to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute. $10,000 is the goal. It's going to be going on all during those days uh, from the 27th to the 31st. For all that information, livestreamforthecure.com. You heard the promo on this, uh, this week's episode as well. We're going to be airing that promo from now until the event happens. So, And we're just fortunate enough to be a part of that as well. So that is on the ODPH directory. And also you can find out the links of all the great independent podcasters that are we're a part of groups with. So if you want to be entertained, and we're, that's the one thing we try doing with podcasts, and I can speak for a lot of other podcasters out there. If we can give you a little break from everything that's going on, this is our pleasure to do. So if you're looking for something else that you want to hear other than sports, other than the movies, TV, and comics, there is so many great podcasts you can find from the Next Wave group the Pod Nation group, the Legion of Indie Pods, and the Apocalypse community that we are proud to be a part of. 
you can go check them out, be entertained, get your mind off everything for a little bit. Because that's one of the beauties about doing podcasts. We do it as a, as a passion project to everybody. And if we can give you a little relief from everything that's going on in the world right now is our pleasure to do. Everything you want to find out about that is on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That is all I got for this week, other than stay safe and stay healthy and support local. So for Padawan J. Thank you, thank you, and stay safe. I'm your host, Ken. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time.